Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Van Life Lab podcast, where we're all about exploring the trials and joys of van life. I'm Eric, joined today by my co-host, Kayla. And today we're here to talk about something a little different, a little more abstract, and that's mindset. Both the mindset you'll need on the road or will ultimately develop if you want to succeed in van life, and the mindset you will need to take on a DIY van build of your own. As usual, let's start off with where in the world we're coming to you from. So, Kayla, where are you these days? I am in La Fortuna, Costa Rica. I think we've already recorded an episode here, but I left for like two or three weeks and then came back to the exact same camp spot. So it's lovely. And it has been a couple weeks since we recorded. We actually took mm-hmm. last week off from recording and used a uh, episode we recorded back in, uh, I think we were in Vail at that time. So a little jumping around the country. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a time warp. And yeah, Eric, where are you coming from? We are outside of Los Angeles in Southern California, actually in Irvine. We are tackling our second DIY van build uh, help. So one of the things we do on the road is help other DIY van builders. So we have a build this week that is all aluminum extrusion. I'm helping put in an S-bar hydronic heater and they are plumbing their van with PEX-A. So I had experience with that. So I'm doing all of that in just a week. Huh, that's exciting and sounds like quite a bit of work. It's been hot. The first part of the week was just lovely. Highs in the kind of low 20s Celsius. And the, just yesterday, it started to heat up a bit. So I'm glad that we're tapering down on this fan build. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One of the funny, I just did like a conversion from 23 Celsius to, to Fahrenheit. And that's 73 Fahrenheit. And I don't think I've had a day that cold in a long time. <laughs> I'm so excited to be cold again one day. I get out in the sun and I can just feel my skin roasting. It's getting yeah. better. It's not as bad as we, uh, it was when we had just left Colorado, but getting there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So before we get started, we want to ask you to give this podcast a quick share, review, wherever you're listening. It really helps us, uh, really helps more listeners find us and helps us grow as a community. So with that, let's get into it. Kayla, I'm sure you and I will kind of bring different perspectives to this conversation in general. I'm sure you can speak more towards van life just and the mindset for van life just being in it much longer than us. What, two two years? Yeah, yeah, just just about two years. Um it'll be two years in a month. All right. And then on our side, just myself today, I mean Colby and I have been through two DIY van builds. So we kind of have a grip on the mindset you need to tackle that. And now that we're on the road, we kind of get to see other people at kind of the stage we were during our first van builds. That's that's kind of fun. But from the van life perspective, can you maybe talk about what your mindset or expectations were when you first started van life and maybe how they've changed over the years? Yeah, definitely. I I think one of the things that's really important for me to acknowledge starting off with this is that I had a really nice almost step down period to transition into van life. Um, And I think that's really key to why I don't feel mentally that it has been that hard for me most of the time. I've definitely had low moments, but kind of starting as far back as 2015, I spent a month living out of my Honda Civic 
um, and traveling around to a bunch of different national parks. And, um, you know, (laughs) so being in a van feels like an upgrade from that. Then kind of fast forwarding to 2017, 2018, I spent about eight months living with um, my ex-boyfriend out of a Saturn view. We were renting Airbnbs as we went, but we were very, you know, kind of small we had downsized a bunch. We were moving from Airbnb to Airbnb. This was the first time I did the Pan American Highway. Um, and then from there, you know, I was in a 700 square foot apartment. Then I was in a 400 square foot apartment. Then I was in a 300 square foot cabin. And then I was, um, then I moved into the van. Um, and the 300 square foot cabin also didn't have any plumbing. It was just, just had electric. Um, and there was plumbing over in the main house. So I just had to like walk across um, a porch to get to plumbing if I wanted. But so I think that's really key to at least one of the things that helped me out a lot. I re- I didn't go from living in like a two bedroom townhouse or a three bedroom condo or something to a van. I didn't have to make a transition that abruptly. And I think that really helped. So one of the things that people may want to consider, and I know Eric, you've, we've talked about this in the past on the show is trying to figure out if you can, there's a way for you to test out van life um, and get an idea for what's going to be tough for you. So anyway, that's kind of like my first disclaimer, but you know, then I was really thinking about it being an adventure. I knew it was going to be a small space. I knew it was going to be hard. And my plan was really to take it day by day and focus on like what my adventuring goals are that the van is helping me reach and just really keeping a finger on that pulse to make sure that that feels like it's still worth it. Like it's still the van is still doing for me what it needs to be doing and assessing that rather continuously. And so far, the answer has always been yes. Um, But I have definitely had periods of time where I'm burnt out. And I think that hasn't changed much over the years. Um, Although as I'm looking to, I'm starting a PhD program now in September, it's, you know, late April right now, I'm planning on staying in the van, at least for the start of that PhD program. And that is going to be a big mindset shift because I'm going to be shifting from being in the van for adventures, adventures sake, to being in the van much more kind of out of pragmatic money choices Um, And just a very tough housing market where I'm going to be going to school. So I think that is going to be a shift. And it'll be interesting if we revisit this question in a year to see uh, to see if that changes things for me, because I know you all had a pretty different experience when you were working, you know, more of like a nine to five and more tied to a single location versus now that you are fully remote. And we also did come from actually a three bedroom apartment right before our van. It was basically two and we had made another one our uh, home office so we did come from that two bedroom <laughs> apartment that i guess you never had there were two two of us uh, so there's that but you you mentioned you had tried it out before you actually moved into it and even if it is uh you know out of your honda civic or your what mm-hmm. toyota sienna you kind of like knew that it was going to work for you you knew like as a person, you liked that style of yeah travel, that level of amenities. So I think knowing, you know, who you are as a person and whether or not you, you know, may actually like living on the road is, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And being honest with yourself about that. Like, I think if you were someone who was uncomfortable with pooping in the woods, you know, as a starting point, you know, then van life might be really hard. And actually, Eric, I'm not sure if you ever saw this article But I believe, gosh, it's probably about a year old now. I think it was the New York Times had a travel writer do a van rental for a couple weeks and then like write about like hashtag van life. Do you remember this article? Yes. Yeah. It was awful. It was crazy. It was so bad. It was so bad. But I think, you know, but I think it it relates to this because what 
I saw in that article that made me just like want to pull my hair out was she started with the premise of she doesn't like camping. She doesn't like driving. She was going from what? New York City to New Jersey, some really busy strip along the East Coast in like a three day weekend, I think. Yeah, and she also rented from escape camper vans, which are not the world's most comfortable vans. Like those aren't really made for like long term living. They're 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 what you would use if you want to you know go on a, a Yellowstone to Glacier road trip sort of thing. And I'm sure they're great for that. But um, I think that's a like it's a great il- illustration of like well of course you didn't like van life. You don't like driving and you don't like camping. Like <laughs> what are, what are we thinking here? Yeah. So. Yeah. What about what about the van build phase? You know, as as we've said many times, I didn't build my own van. I've done a lot of my own repairs, which I think can be related in some ways. But um, yeah, what's what have you found really important for van build, both for yourselves and what you've seen in potentially your clients as well? Well, before we talk about mindset, you know, maybe some personal traits that, you know, are helpful that are you know, even more basic than mindset. Tackling a van build is a big project. So having some, you know, general curiosity or interest in, you know, how the world fits together, like pieces wise is, is kind of helpful. Like that kind of translates into mechanical aptitude, uh, but really just a willingness to learn a whole bunch of stuff because very few people come into a project like this with you know, all of the life skills that go into putting together an electrical system, a plumbing system, you know, framing things, you know, whether it be a, a galley or your walls or you know, nobody comes into to life with those uh, skills. And maybe that is skewed more towards us being a relatively younger generation. Uh, I know some other people that are maybe older that have those life skills just whip, you know, can whip them out of their back pocket, you know, but that willingness to learn a a positive attitude sounds kind of corny to say, but I guess, you know, in some ways a van build can be frustrating. You know, you don't know how things work or put together and you will put probably three times as much effort into getting a project done as somebody who already had the knowledge knows. So, you know, there are points that that can be frustrating. So, you know, just being able to be adaptive is, is key and and stay positive when things don't go your way. And I think an attitude like that is actually really translatable to van life as well. I think a lot of the, I'll say trials that you go through building a van really translate into, you know, the, the flexibility you need on the road. Um, because when you're on the road, shit just happens, you know, you, you break down, you can't, maybe you can't find a parking spot where you wanted for the night, you know, you have to, you know, fill up on water and you weren't planning to, so you got to drive to another town. I mean, have you, have you found stuff like that just happens, Kayla? Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And often at rather inopportune times. And, you know, we've talked about this before. One of the hard things about with your van as well is that you're, all of a sudden now your ca- your house can have engine issues or your house can have brake issues. Um, yep. And all of a sudden also your ca- your car can now have like a roof leak. Um, <laughs> and, you know, which I guess is technically possible with a normal car, but probably a lot less likely. But it's never um, as urgent either. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one other personality trait that I was thinking of, because I know this is, well, and it's kind of two, but they're related, um, that came up as you were talking, partially because they're not my forte, are kind of patience and attention to detail. Mm. Um, I can imagine those being particularly important on the build side. I actually did think about putting attention to detail in, and I thought about it, and it's almost... uh, I don't want to get bogged down in the minutia of a van build sometimes. Uh I'm okay with my van being a little rough around the edges in places. And maybe that's considered like not paying attention to details. Yeah. Um, Maybe you can be like a big picture thinker and it's okay if you don't have like a a trim piece up to like hide a joint of things coming together. Sure. I guess, but maybe still knowing where that's okay and knowing what you're sacrificing when um, versus, you know, I was just thinking as we were talking about, you know, our water system that my dad and I did together and we were both kind of learning how to do it as we went. And it's not my dad's forte. My dad is a very handy person and he's, he's been really, really great for a lot of help with the van build, but um, the water system that we put in and the electrical system that went with it were both pretty challenging for both of us. And I suspect that had I done a little bit more pre-planning and been a little bit more in the minutia of getting it right, um, I wouldn't have had quite as many problems with it down the road six months later. Um, but honestly, like I know I got frustrated, I got burnt out and I just wanted to get stuff done. And I think that's probably something that a lot of people experience as part of the van build. And it's really hard to figure out how to balance that, that very real need to take a break and take care of yourself with also knowing that if you can buckle down where it counts, it's really worth it in the long run. Yeah. Taking care of yourself for us, that was hard to do during the van build because we were both juggling jobs at the time and then we were coming home uh, or actually to our parents house on the weekend to to build so for i mean six months for our first van build like we didn't have like a weekend or or even like an evening to ourselves where we weren't talking about the van build so it is really draining uh and you can have all these characteristics that are really strong but it's like will they really shine through when when you're tired and exhausted and maybe you're frustrated, your temper is short. Like, yeah, they're, they're all things you got to keep in mind, especially if you're doing it with another person. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even my dad and I got pretty snippy with each other over a couple things with, with my van and gosh, I haven't had a fight with my dad since I was like 16, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing what that can do, and especially yeah, if it's hot out or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it can be over the over the silliest things. Like for us, it took me quite a while to figure out how to to put our ceiling together, and it just there was definitely an easier way to do it. But I get, and, and Colby was telling me the easier way to do it, but I was very particular about what I what I wanted, and I probably made myself two times as much work for an extra like 5% of benefit mm. in our ceiling, you know? Right. Kind, yeah. of, kind of like balancing the the needs of, of both people. Yeah. Gosh, I can imagine that's really challenging. And yeah, again, kind of figuring out where it matters the most and who, 
who it impacts the most as well may may matter in some cases with two people. Um, although, you know, in a space yeah. so small, there's not a lot of, you know, this is Colby's versus this is Eric's, I assume. So it's not it's not really like one of you can say, well, like, this is my corner. So I don't really care if it's trimmed or not. <laughs> well, well, actually, our toilet, I would call like that. Yeah, I was kind of more, you know, ambivalent, you know, could go one way, could go the other on the toilet. Yeah. It's obviously a lot easier for guys. So it was almost one of the projects I like accidentally neglected or, or maybe like it, like I knew it was important to Colby, but it wasn't like pressing on my mind is like this sure. done. So eventually Colby just got so fed up with it that, that like she took it into her own hands and <laughs> just did it herself. Just, yeah. Just, you know, put together the toilet and it wasn't how I would have built the, our first toilet, but you know, she was there you go worked and i I probably made some comment about she should (laughs) she should do this there's a drill here instead of a a jigsaw or something and you know yeah a lot of people are frustrated but even to even today colby's actually the one that manages our our cutty our composting toilet much more than than me i Mm think i think i just have a lower bar for Our, our bathroom, our toilet. Um, yeah, I'll think it's like totally clean, totally fine, not not full enough. And Colby always seems to be, you know, maintaining and churning and emptying it. And yeah, and I think it just comes down to like, yeah, people have different needs. Yeah, I mean that's a huge thing to be balancing in such a small space. But two things that we've kind of hinted at in the last couple minutes here that I think could be related again, both to the van build and a van life. You know, one that. I, when you were talking about the ceiling, I was thinking like, you've got this vision that you were going for and, you know, figuring out how important that vision is. And, but also maybe using that as a guiding principle is probably really helpful for both, um, both the build and the life. And then the other one being kind of this, this independence, this willingness to go ahead and figure it out and do it alone as you need to, or as you want to, you know, one of the things that I've talked about and written about even a little bit, um, I just was published in the Colorado College Outdoor Ed Journal in an essay titled Fuck It, I'll Go Alone about van life. And it was about how I have always been dreaming of doing this Pan American Highway trip, but always had planned on doing it with a co-pilot, um, you know, probably a romantic partner. And this this article was really about my decision to go ahead and follow this vision, this re one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to buy a van was to do the Pan American highway. But I also had this dream of doing it with someone else. And eventually I got to the point where it's like, you know what, I've got everything I need. I think the most important part of this vision, I can still execute. If I go alone, I have the chance I'm going to go alone. I'm going to be fully self-reliant. And then, you know, the essay also talked about some of the joys and troubles that um, I've had with being fully alone on van life. But yeah, what do you think about, you know, both vision and this, like, I don't quite know what a, clo- a short way to phrase it is, but this, like, okay, fine, I'll do it myself sort of thing um, that seems to be really prevalent for both van life and van-, van builds. For us, I mean, there were two of us, and I think it really helps to utilize the skills and the strengths of both people. Uh, I think I leaned more heavily towards mechanical aptitudes, and actually Colby really came through with with the vision, um, with, you know, how, you know, colors tie together or all the, the touches that make things, you know, a, a home. I was like, I would be deep in, 
down rabbit holes on on 8020 looking at like fasteners oh how am i gonna you know hold up this corner or whatever you know colby's there thinking about you know the backsplash and you know oh do we need a wall here for an knife rack you know our little cup holders are here so really leaning into uh the strengths that that each person might uh bring to the table but yeah somebody does need a vision if you want a van that like looks very well put together but for some people like that's not really important i definitely know some i mean that the person i'm working with right now has an absolutely bomb proof van so functional and he kind of thinks that he'll leave some you know pieces unfinished and just kind of dirt bag out of it because it's more important to him to you know get out and uh, you know, go climbing with his friends and you know, be able to travel and explore. And it's just, I guess, less important to him to have a super, you know, clean Instagrammy like finished ceiling. Yeah. Well, I would argue that that, that that is part of the vision then for him because the vision and like the whole, the reason of having the van is to have that bomb proof, super functional dirt bag mobile part of knowing yourself knowing what what he wants what he's going to be happy with and that's okay yeah and i can see you know a lot of things that aren't necessarily about making your life convenient or homey although i think those are actually two things i've been thinking what we should do as podcast episodes like little things that make van life much more comfortable uh and easy but also just you know knowing what your sports are knowing whether or not you're going to be sharing with a dog who's stepping on your podcasting stuff um (laughs) Um, yeah, there's barley. Yeah. You know, knowing what sports you might be um, trying to prioritize and knowing whether or not you're planning on adding a dog to your household, those sorts of things. Um, and you know, I, I think we might've hinted about this, but I've, I've been picking up surfing a lot lately, which is not something I had intended to do. And had I known that I was going to do that or, and been building my own van, I would have probably constructed a much better way to store my surfboard because right now what I have is four eye screws and a ratchet strap and the surfboard goes above my head. Luckily, I'm short enough that it's it actually can stay in there as long as uh-huh. it needs. But, you know, it's kind of in the way um, and it just means that whenever possible, I am like taking the surfboard out, putting it under the van and then just like, I'm so sure that one of these days I'm going to forget and I'm going to drive away. Um, you know, they're like these, it's a relatively big thing that like, a, particularly if you were planning on having your van as a surf, uh, a surfing home base or a skiing home base, that's actually something you need to be thinking about as pretty early on as far as where you're going to be putting your skis, where you're going to be putting your board. These other really big pieces of recreational equipment really do need to be part of your vision from day one. But conversely, part of the, the mindset of being in a van is your space is multifunctional and and maybe for people that didn't buy or didn't build their own van and and bought it they need to find ways to adapt their van to fit their lifestyle which kayla i think i see that strap yes yeah you you used to the big orange strap um so well, like one of the things that I, I did with the surfboard is I was like, you know what? It's a little ugly to have four eye, eye, eye screws um, now coming out of my ceiling and they're not super straight um, or well aligned or anything like that. But you know what? My surfboard's up. It's out of the way. The project is done. It, it's checked off. Like that was what was important to me at the time and remains mm-hmm. important to me right now. Yeah. One of the things that was important for us was to have that reliability where, you know, we could be more certain that we would break down less you know to us we were you know more comfortable spending the money 
upfront as kind of insurance against things breaking down, which is definitely a luxury and something you would pay for, but it was important to us. It was just a value decision because you know, we have two people's lives going on in this van. Colby works, you know, nine to five from this van and needs, you know, a lot of stability in order to, you know, keep her job that kind of, you know, in some, <laughs> provides for this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I know we've talked about that earlier when we were talking about just planning, you know, the internet and planning your whole build and making sure that it all is going to work for what you need long term. So, you know, I know you guys have worked really hard to prevent having things go wrong. How does mindset maybe come in when things do go wrong? And is there anything that we've talked about previously that changes or should be expanded upon for, you know, when things do go wrong, whether it's a minor repair or something quite a bit more major. Yeah. I mean, I've, I would call the stuff that's happened in our van kind of, you know, up to mid grade wrong. I think our worst was, uh, when we had to tow ourselves out of like a dead end forest road in Colorado and the mindset there was just, Oh no, something's wrong, but you know, we're not going to panic. We're going to go into like solution mode. So, you know, really kind of stop and analyze the problem and assess the risk. You know, for us, we thought we got bad gas and we assessed that the, you know, risk of seizing our engine, trying to drive it somewhere was too great relative to the known quantity of just calling a tow truck, putting it on the flatbed and, you know, taking it to a dealership for a day. And it was definitely an inconvenience. I mean, it was was it a day or probably two days out of, you know, my normal schedule, but I had the flexibility at the time. So that was just, you know, kind of what I felt like we had to do. It wasn't that you're huffing and puffing and throwing your hands up in the air. And like, cause as much as that like feels good in the moment to express that frustration, it doesn't get you anywhere. And I think after running into so many of those instances in a van build, like you kind of get it out of your system and you're like, okay, I've done this before and it doesn't help. <laughs> like definitely were times totally. in the yeah. where I just like chuck a wrench across the driveway. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh, shit, now I got to go and like get my wrench and like I'm, I'm still yeah, yeah. back at, back at uh, <laughs> you know, square one. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like I got so much of that when I first bought Saga and then just immediately went through just, you know, kind of the worst version of mechanical problems that vehicles yeah. can really have. And it's made everything else so much easier. You know, like I've, I think I've talked about yeah. on the podcast before, like our radi my radiator blew up when I was driving some of the like windiest, narrowest, most mountainous roads in Central America. And it was just kind of this thing where I was like, well, okay, we're going to do what we can to keep the engine cool. We're going to get where we need to go. We're going to, you know, take care of our fluids as we go. We'll monitor everything and it's fine. You know, like, yes, I was stressed. Yes, it took like two and a half weeks to get everything straightened out. And I was just kind of driving around with a broken radiator and checking all my levels every time we stopped. And, you know, same thing, actually, just oh gosh, a week and a half ago, our brakes went out um, driving in Costa Rica. And, you know, it was kind of the same thing where it was like, Okay, so that's the brakes that went out. Like, I'm about to rear end some people. Like, even within that, like, very micro microsecond moment, it was like, okay, there's an alley. I think I can make this turn without us being in too much danger. I'm going to make the turn. I don't see anyone. We're in the turn. We're coasting to a stop. We're getting to the stop. 
we're <laughs> calling a tow truck, you know, and like we're just doing the next thing that needs to happen and trying not to panic, trying not to get too frustrated. And it definitely to me feels like a muscle that like lack of frustration and lack of panic just feels like something that I have gotten so much better at. Yes, partially with maturity, but also I think so much of it with van life. And you know, the way I'm talking right now, it sounds like Saga is having like a life threatening injury every couple of days. And that's not quite as bad as it is. Um, but yeah, or even, you know, the other day, um, my friend Tony was backing up um, the van out of a parking spot and um, hadn't closed our rooftop fan. And now the rooftop fan has massive cracks in it and is completely not water uh, waterproof. It was just Wait, one of those did things. You back up the fan into like something overhead. Yeah, bed? yeah, like into like an overhead um, parking. Uh, it was like a, a bar that goes over a gate um, that the van fit under, but not with the fan open. And had yeah. we been going forward, I think it would have pushed the fan down, but we backed up. And it was you know one of those things where I kind of looked at it and was like, well, you know that's a bummer. It's a ninety dollar cover, but um, and we'll just have to put a trash can over whenever it rains now. But like, that's okay, you know no big deal. Don't need to get mad about it. We'll take care of it. Yeah. And you have moments like that, that kind of span the gamut in terms of severity. And I think you're exactly right when you called it a muscle that you have to exercise, you know, when, when every day it's, you know, you're parking at the back of the parking lot and you have to walk to get into the store. Like that's an inconvenience that a lot of people like don't put up with, like they'll get, you know, frustrated if they have to, you know, loop around to the next row of, row of parking they're like oh there wasn't any parking down this aisle and like that doesn't bother you and then you have the next step up of you know oh you gotta like fill your water tank and you can't find water or or plan a for you know camping for the night didn't work out it's a muscle Mm -hmm. you exercise every day so when stuff you know actual catastrophic people uh stuff that would send most people into a panic happens you're I think you're much better able to deal with it. And something that is a valuable skill for van life. And it's a valuable skill for life after life, life. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life. (laughs) Well, and I know like personally, what I still struggle with the most is when I have a lot of little things going wrong at once, you know, when I kind of feel like, nothing is going right at at a time. Like I, I feel like I have a harder time when it's like, oh, my fridge isn't cooling quite right and I need to fill the water and my fan is leaking and the door, you know, my sliding door sometimes bounces back at you and doesn't close right the first time you close it. And it's just like, like I occasionally, I just have these moments where I'm like, I just want to kick that door so bad. And it's, and those are the moments that for me are still worse than like the moments where my brakes go out and I almost like rear end three people at a stoplight. It's kind of like when bad things happen in threes, but instead of threes, it's sixes, it seems. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think some of the long term issues um, are also more challenging for me, like, in some ways, uh, and this isn't even an issue, really, but like the amount of sand that's in my bed every day from the dogs. It's just kind of like, oh, my God, again, today, I have to spend five minutes trying to get all the sand out of the bed before I can go to bed. And yeah, I think sometimes I just have to go into like this little Zen place in my brain of just being like, well, these are just the chores that we've chosen to live with. And like then taking a deep breath and looking out my window and hopefully I'm somewhere really beautiful that reminds me why I'm doing this. And if I'm not, then hopefully I'm going there soon. Yeah, it's always good to have that reminder. Yeah. Reminder why you know, we talk about all these things as if as if it's, you know, a hardship or, or you know, but 
it's a hardship to a lot of people, but it's not, it doesn't seem like a hardship to me. You know, all these things that, you know, quote, we put up with. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I remind myself is, you know, there's kind of always something, you know, I'm not dealing with a landlord. I'm not dealing with, yeah, I don't know. I mainly landlord. Um, you know, if I want to put holes in my ceiling to put up my surfboard, uh, nobody's going to stop me. You know, there, there's always something. And particularly if you're kind of comparing van life to home ownership or van life to car ownership, it's not really any different. You're going to have to deal with this stuff one way or another. Yeah. If you don't have a landlord, you have a house and then you replace the, you know, water heater goes out and you have cold yeah. showers and roof needs to be replaced. Septic yeah, and your pipes get... burst. And... Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, Adulting. Yeah, it, is, it is just life and adulting in, in a different sense. It seems to be mm-hmm. all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, did you have any last thoughts or, you know, things we wanted to circle back to? I feel like we covered that pretty well. Yeah. I think we really covered a lot of, a lot of topics. I, I was surprised by how much more similar the mindset needs to be between van life and van building. I'd kind of queued this episode up as you talk about van life and I'll talk about van building. And it seems like we just talked about the same stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know adaptability and reminding yourself why you're here and rolling with the punches like those are honestly it's probably decent life advice it's just that our examples are van life specific yeah exactly well thank you to our audience for for tuning in and listening today we appreciate that you're here and you made it to the end uh, if you haven't just leave us a quick review and we will be back next week bye everyone bye bye